You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. We're back, people, off and running on this Wednesday, December 4th. Hey there, how you doing? How you feeling? How you living? It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We're back, uh, ready to roll for this uh, Wednesday edition. Lots of stuff to tackle. Sorry about yesterday. Weather prevented me from getting here. Uh, terrible job by me. I beg your forgiveness. What else can I say? Won't happen again. Very frustrating. But, of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The Daily Poll question is up for today. Lots of cho- I had a lot of choices today because yesterday I was thinking, before I just could figure it out, I couldn't even get in here, who had the worst loss? Was it the Jets on Sunday or the Knicks on Monday? That would have been yesterday's question had we had a show. And that's a solid question because, really, you could go either way, right? Who sucked more? Mm, let's go through the suck meter But uh, we have a different one today, more of a thought experiment. And as I've always said, like we like to get the poll question to uh, kind of spur debate, get as many responses as possible. This one, though, it's not the intent, but I feel like this one, I probably went the wrong way because this one, there, there's so few good options, in fact, no good options, that people might just say, you know what, I don't need this hassle. I got enough stuff going on. I don't need the hassle of allowing this to sit in my brain even for 30 seconds because uh, I, I don't want the adjective. So, But we'll get to that in a little bit. You got, of course, uh, everything going on with the Giants and Pat Shermer obviously coaching his final games for the Giants, right? We can all be in agreement on that. We could all debate all these different things about this team or that, but it seems pretty clear at this point. Pat Shermer's coaching the final games of his Giants tenure. And I have some more thoughts on the Jets because uh, I'm a sadist. And uh, I heard two things yesterday that kind of made me laugh about the the Jets and their coaching situation, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, this is not very often that we get to do this, but we have some breaking news. My goodness. 502, not wasting any time. All right, so this happened actually yesterday, so maybe it's not breaking, but I like to use the breaking news sounder. A source tells SNY's Ian Begley that he expects David Fisdale to be fired soon. Oh, my God. Really? Whoa. That source thinks that Fisdale is going to be fired soon? Does that same source expect that the sun's going to rise in the east and set in the west? That source also has some inside information on fire, and it's hot. Also, water is wet. (laughs) Did we really need to bother that Nick source to find out that David Fisdale is going to be fired? Wow, really letting the cat out of the bag on that one. Imagine calling somebody up with a team. I don't want to. I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. Yeah, what what is it? Is it something good? Yeah, oh yeah, it's good. David Fisdale is going to be fired soon. Well, yeah, everybody knows that. Whoa, why are they going to fire him? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. They were literally the worst team in basketball last year, and they're worse at this point this year. He was put on notice after winning two of his first ten games. He's responded by that. Uh, that that decree or whatever you want to call it by going out and winning two of his next 11 games. So they've gotten worse from two of 10. The last game they played, they got blown out basically by 500 points. I don't know what the final score. I feel like it was 500. 
The team can't play a lick of defense. He talks about the offense playing with pace. They don't. They can't hit a freaking free throw to save their lives. And they show as much effort more times than not as a, as a hoarder who hasn't left the house since 1983 and sits around all day in their underwear eating pizza. I mean, what exact, outside of, you have to give the guy a little bit of time. What else could you possibly come up with? So yeah, I think he is going to get fired. I don't really think you need to bother a source for that. I don't have any sources, but if I did, I certainly am not going to call them up to ask them, hey, by the way, do you think Fizdale's going to, I feel like I get laughed off the phone. You could have asked a pair of socks whether or not David Fizdale was going to get fired. Yeah, I think they are. And I'm just a pair of socks. I got that same info by asking my refrigerator. Who's the source? You can't track down that source, I'll tell you that right now, because you'd have to ask everybody. Everybody's in agreement. Yes. They actually discovered this tribe that lives in this very remote portion of the Amazon. They've never made contact with civilization. And the moment the research actually made contact and came to grips on a on a, uh, uh, a language they both could understand, the first thing the tribe said was, Fizdale still has a job? The Knicks being a punchline has become the sports equivalent of the aristocrats. It's a joke that probably should stop being a joke, but it still is somehow. Any team should be able to stop the bleeding at some point. The Knicks are somehow the NBA's hemophiliacs. It's amazing. So, yes, Ian Begley of SNY expects that David Fisdale is going to get fired, mainly because Ian Begley has eyes and ears. So there you go. There's our breaking news to start off the show here on a Wednesday morning. But let's move on, shall we, before I lose my mind. Uh, the Yankees. The Yankees certainly have been uh, front and center. Last couple of days now, you've gotten the reports. You've seen the reports. Brian Cashman out in California to meet with the two big stud free agent pitchers, both Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. And maybe, just maybe, this is a sign the Yankees are uh, finally willing to pay the price, right? A price that you'd have to say, to be fair, they have not been willing to pay in the past. There have been reasons in the past why you could argue they did not pay the price. Patrick Corbin last year didn't want to go that sixth year. Verlander before that didn't want to pay the $40 million that he had coming to him and a guy that looked like he was in the, de- in the decline phase. Uh, in terms of trades, they tried to get Garrett Cole but weren't willing to pay the price there in terms of prospects or whatever the Pirates were asking for. You could even, I mean, you could go back for years and years now. They have not been willing to pay the price for that elite starting pitching. And maybe, just maybe, they may be willing to pay it now. I'm still doubtful. I think most people, uh, maybe not most people, but a good portion of people are still doubtful of whether or not they are going to be able to cut the check to Garrett Cole like they will need to do. You would certainly have to expect, with the Astros being involved, the Angels, who that's where he's from, the Yankees will almost certainly have to be, everyone will probably almost certainly have to be, the highest bidder to get Garrett Cole. Maybe the Angels have a little bit of an advantage and they don't have to pay the exact top dollar, but they'll have to be pretty close. And maybe they have a little bit of an advantage there. And maybe the Astros might have a little bit of an advantage because he's been so successful, right? He was at one level. He looked like a good pitcher 
with the Pirates, had that one big season. But since he's gone to Houston, he has been elite. So maybe those teams have slight of it. It doesn't seem like the Yankees will have any advantage at all unless they're willing to cut the check. So is this a sign the Yankees are all in? Well, like they should be. Andy Martino of SNY reporting the Yankees. This is the most they've been into a free agent in some time. Maybe that's the case. Or maybe this is just the Yankees want to gauge what the price is going to be for two guys who seem like long shots, right? Like if you lined up the favorites right now, for Cole, you'd have to say it's either the Astros or the Angels. And for Strasburg, it seems like everybody kind of expects him to head back to Washington based on the success he's had there and the relationship he has with the organization. Now, there were reports yesterday about Zach Wheeler that I think it was John Heyman said that the contract terms are going to go over $100 million. Seems like the White Sox, who have been basically begging people to take their money, seem like they could be, but not just the White Sox. I would love for Zach Wheeler to get signed quickly because I feel like that's the move that Cashman will make. Right? Cashman's looking for not what you've done, per se. Most teams are not looking for what you've done, but what you will do. And Wheeler, at times, has pitched like an ace. He's not going to cost you $30 million a year. He's still going to be expensive. So I could absolutely see the Yankees don't think they're going to land Garrett Cole for whatever reason, either not willing to pay the price or he does not want New York. Steven Strasburg doesn't want to leave the Nationals. And the Yankees... You'd have to say their greatest weakness, even though they didn't, the greatest weakness in the postseason this past year has been the op, was the offense, but there's not many areas to, uh, to improve that. So I could absolutely see them going after a guy like Zach Wheeler. And Wheeler, to be fair, could be a guy that you look back on in a couple of years, right? If he gets a five year deal, two years in, you say, man, what a bargain that guy turned out to be. You might, because again, he has pitched like an ace at times, but he's also had times where he's really struggled. And to me, if you're an ace, or you're going to be an ace, you should not have that many starts where you're really non-competitive. You look at Wheeler and his league-adjusted ERA, it's just slightly above average. It's certainly not elite. Now, again, it's about what you will do. But this is a guy who has pitched that way in the National League at a great pitcher's ballpark. He's going to be 30 next year. And more importantly, not only has dealt with elbow issues in the past, But this past year had a problem with his shoulder. That would be a guy, to me, I would stay away. He might have the highest ceiling when you consider the cost and what the others will cost, but he definitely also has the lowest floor. So that the Yankees absolutely should pay the price this year for Garrett Cole, even if it means you have to go an extra year, even if it means you have to go another $5 million a year, whatever it is. You know why? Because, really, we've talked about it in the past – The Yankees have been unwilling to pay the price on a starting pitcher. Well, after this year, there ain't going to be a guy really for a while that you're going to want to pay the price on. Here are the free agents, the free agent starting pitchers for next year. So 2020, right, we get through the the 2020 season, we head into free agency. Here's the list. Ready? Trevor Bauer, Robbie Ray, both Paxton and Tanaka, Jake Arrieta, Marcus Stroman. Are any of those guys the guys you're going to break the bank for? Don't think so. How about the following year, 2021? Oh, God, where will we all be in 2021? Well, 2021, 
Noah Syndergaard is one of them. Okay, that's kind of intriguing. Really has not pitched like an ace in some time. But then a bunch of guys passed their prime. Kershaw, Kluber, Verlander, Scherzer, Grinky, who will still not want to come to New York at that point. And then uh, Mike Fultonavich, who uh, is, is, is a good young pitcher. We'll see what he's like. I don't know what he's going to be like in 2021. And Chris Archer. Over the last few years, Brian Cashman has taken a careful approach, a balanced approach, not going to overspend. And that generally has been the right approach. But if you're only going to sign reasonable contracts in free agency, you'll lose every time. Sometimes you have to be willing to overspend and based on need, based on available talent, based on the fact that this guy is what you need. And it might be the last chance for some time to add a guy like this for only money. It makes absolutely no sense that the Yankees are not willing to overspend for Garrett Cole. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Our poll question for today. Sometimes I like to use thought experiments, right? No definite right answer, but a tough choice. One that makes you think. One that puts you in a situation and then makes you think. So today is one of those thought experiments. And you might ask... Gordon, why would you have this uh, crazy poll question today? Well, have you looked around? Have you seen the landscape? The teams that we generally talk about, the Yankees, who are not playing and haven't done anything yet, but we've touched on what they look like they might be ready to do or willing to do, and then everybody else. The Giants might be in the worst stretch in franchise history. The Jets are in the middle of a season where they have lost to the Dolphins and Bengals. The Knicks are 20 games in, and the season is a disaster, even by Knicks standards. A disaster. What would you have me do? So, yes, we're going to go a little wacky today, if you you don't mind. So the poll question is, all right, you, yes, you have been awarded an NFL team. Congratulations! It's yours. But it's almost like a Brewster's Millions, if you ever saw Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor. To keep the franchise, you have to make the playoffs once in three years. And another weird caveat, you have to pick one of the following to be your head coach. And here are your options. It's really the four horses of the apocalypse The four horses of the New York football apocalypse. A, Pat Shermer. B, Adam Gase. C, Todd Bowles. D, Ben McAdoo. Oh my God, which way to go here? Well, I think we can, I think we have more breaking news. Where where is it? Uh, Where's the breaking news? Oh, right here. Pat Shermer has gotten a vote. So I think the only thing we can we can judge that by is that Pat Shermer is voting in the poll questions. I mean, who uh, outside of Pat Shermer and his really close family, who else would be voting for Pat Shermer? So right now, he's at 3%, which is 3% more than both you and I, and we are not in the poll question. So we can't even get voted for. If, if I put your name in, there's a very good chance, well, you, a very good chance you might win because the other options are not very good. 
So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Uh, let's get a couple of calls in here because I know the Yankees uh, fans want to uh, chime in. Let's go to Frank in Connecticut first up. Frank, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. First time, long time. You get me through my commute in the morning. Thanks, um, man. I appreciate it. Uh, listen, I think uh, I think Cashman is like two prongs, basically. I think he's got PTSD from all those horrible contracts he signed, like the Pavanos, the Ellsberries, stuff like that. And then I also think... You know, for the longest time, Steinbrenner just made him spend as much money as possible. And for the last 10 years, let's just say, he's been trying to prove he's the smartest GM in baseball by making all these, you know, little small intricate trades and drafts and all that stuff. So I think it's more of an ego on his end about not signing a guy like a Cole or Strasburg. Uh, I I wouldn't go that far. I mean, look, Pavano uh, was a terrible contract, but... Even back then, we all – I mean, there's not been one – I'm trying to think. Has there been one where the Yankees signed it and people didn't think right away, you know what, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Maybe you shouldn't have made that one. I mean, generally, that's been the reaction. It's not been like, hey, they signed this guy to this monster deal – and we all think it's going to be great, and then it turns out not to be. Um, you know, Ellsbury, when they made the signing at the time, if you go back to Bavano or all these moves that they've made, especially with the starting pitchers, generally there's been huge red flags for not making that signing. This is one where if they go out and get Garrett Cole, everybody's on board. There's really nothing to point to Garrett Cole and say, well, no, I wouldn't, the Yankees shouldn't have done. Even um, Giancarlo Stanton, there weren't that many people. I was one of them when they made the trade for Stanton. That was one that uh, did not, to me, make a whole lot of sense at the time. Garrett Cole is the guy the Yankees have been looking at for for a long time. And you'd have to say if there's one, I mean, other people brought this up, if there's one comparison that you would make, it would be CeCe. And CeCe, while... The second part, I guess he got that second deal. That one didn't work out all that great. The first one did. The first one did. And if you win a championship in the first two years with Garrett Cole, if you sign him to seven years, then I don't think anybody's really good. Well, they'll, they'll complain then, but nobody will be complaining at the time. Uh, let's go to Mike in Staten Island. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Gordon? How are you? I'm good. You know, I partly agree with Frank in the last caller. Um, I don't I don't think it's so much an ego thing. I think he's gotten too smart for his bridges, though. Um, the fact that I think sometimes a simple approach is best. And as far as that goes, I think he should throw the book at Cole because there's no other reason not to get this guy. And if he's not going to sign Cole or Strasburg, why would we sign a guy like Wheeler or an average pitcher when we don't need that? Yeah. I think it's time to just buckle down like we did right before the 9 season. And throw money at people. That's what they should be doing. Yeah. No, look, I, I mean, I don't think you're going to get many uh, disagreements. Uh, and I do think there is something to be said for if the Yankees do not get Garrett Cole, that there has to be some criticism. If the Yankees offer him the most money and that comes out, you know, they offered him a better deal and he turned it down, well, then there's really nothing you can say. Uh, if he decides he does not want to pitch in New York, he wants to go to California or he wants to stay with the Astros, I mean, what are you going to do? If you offer him the most money. But if they don't offer him the most money – well, then, yeah, there'll be plenty of blame on Brian Cashman, but I think there should also be some blame on uh, on Hal Steinbrenner because that's, a, that's, a, that's an ownership decision as well. So uh, I know people think that Ka- – look at the job that Cashman's done, though. For all the you know talk about, oh, he's trying to prove he's – he is pretty smart. I mean, think about all the moves that they made of guys that were like, oh, what are you doing that for? And they generally work out. 
Remember Aaron Hicks when they first got him and he was terrible? Oh, what is Cashman doing? When he's been healthy, he's been great. Problem is, he hasn't been very healthy. Talkman this past year, even got Mike Ford. I mean, the amount of guys that they were able to find and bring in here and the investments that they've made in the bullpen. Look at all the teams that make the investments in their bullpen and it doesn't work out or, or guys all of a sudden blow up and they're not what they were. The Yankees have not really had that with their bullpen, and that's been the, the most really stable part of uh, their team. So it's kind of uh, hard to uh, criticize Cashman too much. But this is the one glaring need that the Yankees have. It's obviously the greatest weakness of the team heading into a season. If you're talking about roster building, right, the, the lineup is going to be what the lineup is. That's pretty much taken care of. I mean, they'll make some minor moves, whether or not they bring Gardner back or a little move here or there. Whether or not Didi is going, it doesn't look like Didi is going to be back, but who knows. But they talked after last season how starting pitching was the the biggest need that they had. They brought in Paxton, who was not very good for a time, pitched well near the end, but they obviously could use another starting pitcher. And there's no better starting pitcher than than Garrett Cole. And it's go as we kind of detailed. He's going to be the last guy for a while. Now there might be guys who are available in trades, but this is just strictly money, and the Yankees have money. So maybe they should go out and start acting like the Yankees again. Let's go to uh, Sean and Flushing. Sean, what's going on, man? Jordan, thank you very much for taking the call. Um, I'm a first-time caller to your show, and I literally, I'm a bartender slash bar owner, just closed the bar up, and I'm heading home, and I hear, I turn the radio on, and I hear these Yankee fans. And I, I just want to say this with all due respect to all Yankee fans. This is the reason why the Met fans and the Met fan base hate Yankee fans. We don't hate the Yankees, but we hate the fans. They are they're bashing Cashman. They're talking about how Cashman is, you know, all the all the faults that Cashman has. They Cashman hires Boone out of a out of a booth. Guy has no experience. They win a hundred games. They get injured. They had they set a record for most injured players in a major league baseball season. They win a hundred games. This guy has done nothing but win for as long as he's been the GM. And there's no rebuilding with the Yankees. And you have fans talking about what he's not doing. Oh, he's gun-shy, or he's arrogant, or he's... I just want Yankee fans, and Gordon, I just appreciate the time, and I just want Yankee fans to understand, you guys got something good. Yep. Love it. Yep. Appreciate it. We are Met fans. We've been dying for something like this. We made the World Series. We had... And I have... I really do have faith in Brody, as crazy as it sounds, but... We never had anything like Cashman since since Magdalene. Like when when have we had anybody who's had this kind of influence on the team? Right. And it's Frank just Cashin. you know what? I'm sorry, guys. Frank Cashin. I'm sorry, Cashin. Right, yeah. Cashin. It's it drives me nuts though. It's it, as a as a fan. I'm sorry because I'm all hot blooded right now. I'm driving home. I'm stuck in in traffic on the Southern State because they're doing uh, road work, and <laughs> oh I'm, listening, I'm, I'm listening to these guys talk yeah. about how. Cashman, Cashman is not – the word, The one thing I heard was gun-shy and arrogant. Yeah. The money that they spend is insane. And yeah, no, look, I mean, no, I mean, they, look, overall, Brian Cashman has gotten uh, – you, you think about the people who are most criticized in this town. There's a lot of people. But you'd have to say that Brian Cashman's name is up there. I mean, he he gets hammered a lot. And 
based on his track record and what the other people's track record, I mean, for whatever team you want to bring up, it's ridiculous. And this year's a perfect example. So you can say, oh, you know, Cashman, he want, he just wants to make the small move. Those moves have worked. I mean, nobody was going, clicking their heels, to, jumping up in the air and clicking their heels together when they signed DJ LeMahieu. How'd that work out? Or Gio Urshela or Mike Tauchman. We all said, you know what the analysis for most people of Mike Tauchman was? Who's Mike Tauchman? <laughs> he had never heard of him before, and he was fantastic. Cameron Mabin, another guy who was huge this year. Or Mike Ford. Or Tyro Estrada for the short time that he put. I mean, no, Cashman's done a great job. The one hole, you would say, in his resume has been the starting pitching. He has not been able to generally identify and land that premier starting pitching. So this is the offseason to do it, right? Yankees have been right on the cusp. They lost to the, the world champion team the two previous years. They lost to the Astros this year who went to a Game 7. The Yankees' window of opportunity is right now. This guy is available. He wants money. You have money. It would seem to be a match made in heaven. Whether or not it actually turns out to be the case, we shall see. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's like Lennon said. You look for the person who will benefit and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm the walrus. You know, you'll... Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say? I am the walrus. All right, so Jeff Bridges, his 70th birthday today. And of course, the Big Lebowski, the one cut that we could find from the Big Lebowski that did not have any F-bombs in it. Not ne- not necessarily the most memorable lines of the uh, Big Lebowski, but uh, that's what we're working with. That's all we got to go with today. There's no other moments of inspiration. So happy birthday. Jeff Bridges does not look 70 years old. And he was actually, he was in one of, one of the best underrated music movies called Crazy Heart, where he plays like a country singer, you really think that he's like a country singer. Like, you really do. He can play the guitar. He looks the part. He did fantastic movie. So uh, there you go. Jeff Bridges, happy birthday. Moment of inspiration. I'm not sure if it's inspiring or not, but there you go. He made it to 70. That's inspiring, right? We all got that to look forward to. But, of course, today is Wednesday. So you know what else we have to look forward to? Headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. Okay, first headline. Cats are trying to talk to you with their faces. That according to a study. Why are they studying cats' faces to begin with? Who, who is funding this research to study what cats uh, are saying with their faces? What they're saying is, I really, I hate you. Extra, extra. Cats are kind of jerks. I mean, uh, look, if you have a cat, you're a cat person, that's fine. You like what you like. I like what I like. But cats can tend to be uh, jerks sometimes. Robert De Niro. Defends Anna Paquin's Anna Paquin's seven-word role in The Irishman. We will do a more form. I finally made my way through The Irishman. We'll do a more formal review. I think tomorrow. I think you know what it's going to be. The movie is terrible. It's a if if that movie did not have Martin Scorsese's name attached to it, everyone would be pointing out that the movie is. You cannot watch that movie. And not be laughing at the screen at certain points. It's terrible. Extra, extra. And Anna Paquin's seven-word role is one of the reasons, right? They have this character in the movie where you're seeing the young version. doesn't say anything the whole movie. You're waiting for this big confrontation. Never comes. All right, uh, next story. Fart launchers are taking over kids' Christmas lists to terrorize parents. 
Well, look, if you're going to be buying fart launchers, what are the dads there extra, for? Extra. That's my role in the family. You know, I don't have much, but at least allow me pull my finger. All right, uh, Christmas gifts are better received when they're badly wrapped. Extra, well, look, extra. my... My my wife this year is going to be in luck because uh, that's one skill that even though I've been doing it now for 40 years, not gotten any better at. And I don't really care. I had a job one time where they said, uh, I was working in a pharmacy, and they said, hey, can you wrap presents? I said, no. I said, all right, come on over here. I did two things. The people who asked for the thing to be wrapped complained so much they put me on something else. Sometimes if you do a job badly enough, they never ask you to do it again. Extra, extra. Little- <laughs> Words of wisdom from the Gordon Damer Show. Infrared images reveal hidden tattoos on female Egyptian mummies. Can we leave the mummies alone? Why are we always digging up? We know where they are. We know they're mummies. All right? Just extra, leave, extra. leave the mummies alone. Infrared images? What are we learning from them? We're too busy studying the cat's faces. That at least is some research. I think we already know the answer. Fuji recalls sushi. Sold at Trader Joe's and 7-Eleven over Listeria concerns. Is that how you pronounce it? Listeria? Wait a second. People are buying sushi at 7-Eleven? How hungry are you? I like 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven is good. They have, they have their staples. Coffee. Cigarettes. Lottery tickets. Big gulps. Not sushi. How much would you have to be paid to eat sushi at 7-Eleven. I'd rather eat one of those hot dogs that's been on that little thing, that little roller since 1978. The thing's all dried up. Give me one of those. How many people get food poisoning from that? Oh, apparently a lot. So much so that they have to recall them. I feel like I feel like if you get listeria, I think that's how you pronounce it, from sushi at 7-Eleven, I feel like uh, that's a life lesson, right? Like You can't complain about that one. You messed up. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I'd like to complain. I got sick from this sushi that I bought at 7-Eleven. What is that? You bought sushi at 7-Eleven? That one's on you, buddy. Extra, extra. These $60 anti-loss straps to turn your AirPods into normal headphones. Have you seen this? So AirPods, you know what AirPods are, right? They're the wireless headphones. You stick them in your ear, right? So now some genius, and I do mean that, genius, has come up with this idea for this string that you attach to your AirPods so that they're just, they're not, they're still wireless, but they now have a cord and people are not just buying. If you said that's a dollar, it would seem stupid. These are 60 and apparently people are buying them. I'm assuming it's the same people that are buying the 7-Eleven sushi. Uh, I always love a good medical story. The best I could find this week, highly contagious urine forces the evacuation of movie theaters showing Frozen 2. Well, I'll tell you right now. My daughter loves the whole Frozen thing. Kids, I mean, it feels like the last couple of weeks, all you've seen on Instagram is parents taking their kids to see Frozen, right? A huge hit. I got to be honest. If they came to me and said, Gordon, uh, there is a fro- there is a highly contagious urine right here. We're going to have to evacuate the theater. I think I got to say, you know what? I'll live with it. I'll take my chances. My daughter wants to see Fro. Let me ask you this. Would you rather be sitting next to highly contagious urine or would you rather eat sushi from 7-Eleven? Extra, extra. I think we all know the answer. This week in Florida, man. Oh, my God. This guy was busy. Florida man arrested for bringing a loaded gun to the airport twice in a month. 
Extra, extra. Florida man loses arm on Thanksgiving in freak diving accident. Extra, extra. You really have to be bad at diving to lose an arm over it. Uh, Florida man arrested for murder after thinking his food was poisoned. Extra, extra. Florida man hanging on car window ledge while doing donuts dies in freak accident. I think I need to describe to you what freak accident means. Freak means something you could not foresee in a hundred million. Oh my God. When somebody puts fireworks on their head and they, they blow them up and they die is, that's not a freak accident. That's just natural selection. This also. All condolences to his family, but that's not... Describing it as a freak accident is really an insult to uh, freak accidents. Florida man... Did I hit this? Extra, extra! Florida man caught on camera breaking into cars as his pants fall down. Well, look, eyes on the prize, right? I mean, you just keep focusing on what you have to do in that moment. Extra, Florida extra. woman... No, she does not get brought up nearly enough. Illegally drives car to pick up boyfriend from jail, gets arrested herself after police see meth spilled out all over the passenger seat. Well, you got to be more careful with your meth. You don't want to you don't want to damage your meth. And then Florida man finally running from zombies led police on chase through a golf course. Extra, I think extra. he was on some of the uh, previously stated meth or maybe he just got some bad sushi from 7-Eleven. All right, that's going to do it for uh, Florida man. That's going to do it for headlines for this week. Now back to the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN. Our poll question which is up for today. And I thought it was going to really tank because there's no good options at all. The question is, you've been awarded an NFL team, right? And to keep it, almost like a Brewster's Millions, you have to spend $30 million to inherit $300 million. To keep it, you have to make the playoffs once in the next three years, but you have to have one of these guys coaching your team. Which one is it? Pat Shermer, Adam Gase, Todd Bowles, Ben McAdoo. And Shermer, I, I guess he's picked up some more votes. He's at 5%. I have to assume that that's people that are just waking up and they at butt dials, right? A butt dial of the poll question. Because Pat Shermer, if you're looking at the four options of Shermer, Gase, Bowles, and McAdoo, the four horsemen of the New York football apocalypse, you would have to say that Shermer has to be last. And he is last in the voting, but the fact he's gotten any votes so far... That's kind of surprising. I got to be honest. Maybe, maybe there's a lot, maybe there's a lot of P1s in the Pat Shermer households. That's the only reasonable, like that and butt dials. That's the only reasonable explanations I can come up with. If I had a vote in the poll question, I think that Shermer is one that you can cross off. I think that Adam Gase is also another one that you can cross off. So this one is really going to come down to both Todd Bowles and Ben McAdoo. I don't want it to. And I would completely, the reason I thought the poll question would tank is that people, did, it was too tough a call. There's no good, there's not even like the least dirty shirt. All the shirts are terrible. They're dirty, they're disgusting, they smell, and they're all torn. So it's not like there's any even good options for the least dirty shirt. I would probably say, this is going to sound crazy, I probably would say Ben McAdoo. McAdoo was the one guy of those four in their current role that went to the playoffs. He did so with a team that we have seen both the years before they went to the playoffs and since they were not a very good team, but he maximized the value for that team. He only got the two years. 
Now, Todd Bowles would probably be the other choice that you would come down to, and at least right now, Todd Bowles is uh, blowing away the field. Now, he will blow away the field until the fourth quarter, and then he'll give it all back and lose, because that was his um, history while he was with the New York Jets. Competitive, in games, chance to win, and then end up losing. This is a guy who, outside of the first year, went 14-34. and Now, I will grant you, Todd Bowles did not have a lot to work with, and in some years was given nothing to work with. But even in his area of expertise, the defense consistently let you down in the big moments of games. I don't feel good about Ben McAdoo. I don't feel good about being in this uh, thought experiment to be able to keep my NFL team. But I would say I, I guess I'd have to go Ben McAdoo. He also was forward-thinking enough to realize that Eli was toast. So you got to get – now he handled it wrong. That second year was one thing after another with Sunglass Hut when he walked in with the hair slicked back into the suit. Remember the suit? What was worse? Do you think it was worse, the suit or the gaze eyes at his press conference? Which one do you think was worse? Because McAdoo's suit was pretty bad too. Remember he came in looking like talking heads? <laughs> oh, my God. What a disaster we've been dealing with. So I think I'd probably, look, I'd get him a tailor. I'd get him, you know, get him to uh, Joseph A. Bank if I could. But uh, I think I'd probably go with Ben McAdoo. Not, not great options. I grant you that. I grant you that. Uh, one thing about the Giants. Uh, we'll, t- we'll save the Jets till tomorrow because we're running out of time. And I do want to get a couple more calls in. Uh, the thing about the Giants, it seems like it's pretty clear, right? That, that Shermer is going to be out. I mean, there's no way, but it felt, it has felt like for a while that What's going to happen is that Shermer will be out, but Gettleman will stay. Well, at least when you read or hear the uh, comments by Steve Tisch, if you want to be one of those giant fans that hopes that everything gets all blown up after this season, which has been, I mean, just a nightmare. I mean, dear God. they have, As we said the other day, they the last day they won a game, the Mets won a game. That's how long it's been. The quote from Steve Tisch that you've seen probably by now. At the end of the season, John Mara and I are going to get together and discuss the future. As partners, we have to be very honest with each other about where we see this team going into the 2020 season. So I guess people have kind of read that into it could be a possibility that Gettleman will be out too. You would be justified if you decided to fire both, right? They both, this, this tenure has been a disaster. This year has been a disaster. Now, you didn't have any expectations coming into the years, as I've said many times before. But even with no expectations, they've underperformed even that. Coming into this year, I was willing to give Gettleman a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because that first draft, it looked like early, was actually pretty good. You had Saquon. Will Hernandez looked like he was going to really be maybe not a foundational piece, but a real stud. Lorenzo Carter and B.J. Hill showed a little bit of promise, but they've taken step back, uh, steps back. Gettleman has been has done this job before and has been successful. That's you have to be fair. He was successful in Carolina to an extent. Did he do things wrong? Sure, but he was successful. He didn't draft the quarterback, and he could conceivably. Put this on coaching, right? Like if you see guys who showed promise early and have not progressed, you would have to say that that's on coaching. And the other thing that Gettleman, I think, has going for him is I don't think the Giants really want to fire both of them. 
I don't think that they want to admit that they've made a disastrous decision here two years in. But the problem, of course, is that his roster's terrible. He's already turned it over, and it stinks. His drafts have not really been good, even though the first one looked like it could be. It has not been. His trades have been terrible. His free agent signings outside of Marcus Golden have been terrible. And what were the two tasks he had coming in? Find the franchise quarterback, which the jury is fair, is still out, and fix the offensive line. And it's terrible. It's still not very good. Now, it's, I guess it's better than it was only because it was the worst of all time a couple of years ago. But he can blame this all on Shermer, and that might work. But I think if you are a giant fan hoping that there is the possibility of blowing it all up, I think it's there. As for the Jets, we you heard yesterday Adam Gase was on the K-Show. I mean, i I got to give those guys credit because they asked pointed questions. They drilled down on him. They were not rude in any way, but they went right at him about the disaster that that team has been. And it's funny, one of the things they brought up on their show yesterday was that Christopher Johnson should not listen to the fans about the head coach. Because what do the fans know? Well, what does Christopher Johnson know? Like, if you gave, if you had two sides to pick of who could pick a better coach, at least so far, I mean, you'd have to go with the fans, right? I think there are some knowledgeable fans. Also, this idea about you can never fire a coach after one year, right? It looks terrible. I don't know if it looks any worse than, than uh, losing to the Dolphins and the Bengals. Here's the list of coaches since 2000 who have been fired after one season. Ready? Steve Wilkes, Chip Kelly, Jim Tomasula, Mike Malarkey, Hugh Jackson, Jim Mora, Cam Cameron, Art Shell, Marty Schottenheimer. That's the list since 2000. Is there any guy on that list? I guess you would say Marty Schottenheimer because he did have a track record. But they went to, they basically had the ne- same record the next year. They went eight and eight and then they went seven and nine. Is there any guy on that list that the team was wrong for firing after one season? Don't think so. Don't think so. All right, let's go to uh, Greg in uh, East Meadow. Greg, go, my man. Hey, Gordon. Regarding, uh, you know what, I'm not going to get into yesterday's show. But let's just say you sorely missed. Oh, thanks, um, man. I appreciate it. Cashman's only fault, well, it's how, how I perceive it, is that he really tries to find value now in every position. Yeah. And I don't think you can ever find value in, a, in you know, a great pitching or a great quarterback. There's just no value to be had in those positions. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you can find value through trades. I mean, the, the Astros certainly, they took something, and they've done this in other places with Charlie Morton, even with Verlander to a certain extent, although he was at one time, you know, elite, and then kind of was on, it seemed like he was a little bit on the downside. They weren't great at the time, though. Gordon. Right. That's my yeah. point. You're not, you're not, you're not going to get a guy who's, Perceived to still be great and find value in that. People yeah. thought Verlander, you know, Verlander was done. Morton was never great prior to getting to Houston. So you know, that's that's basically yeah. My point no, but that. I mean, I th- but to me, that's kind of I think that that's the way that he looks at value. Like, can we get something that's good? Like Cole was good. He had what one really good year with uh, with Pittsburgh and, and was kind of you know around four ERA that kind of. And to me, if you're talking about value that way, that kind of targets Wheeler. And that's the guy I want to stay away. I don't want any part of him. The hole in, in Cashman's resume, if you had to say he had one, is identifying great starting pitching and landing great starting pitching. So to me, that means, well, if I'm not good at it, let me go with the thing that I know for sure. And if it means I have to spend more to get it, so be it. 
All right, show's already out of time. We will be back tomorrow. I promise there's no snow. I'll be here tomorrow. We'll see you at 5. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.